Welcome to the Salesforce Spotlight Series. I'm Teresa. And I'm TJ, and we co-lead Salesforce's employee loyalty programs. We're excited to have you hear firsthand from employees at each step of their employee journey and current Salesforce alumni from around the globe. You'll also hear how Salesforce has impacted these employees' lives. Now let's go. Pip, thanks so much for joining TJ and myself on this Boomerang Spotlight. We're excited to have you because you have a very new and exciting role at Salesforce. Can you tell us a little bit about your responsibilities now that you're back? Thanks, Teresa. Yeah, so I joined four weeks ago on the 1st of October to lead a Slack organization in Amir, and I actually joined on the first day of harmonization. So an exciting sort of monumental day, both for Slack, for Salesforce, and, and for me personally in my career as well. And so tell us, so you're in this new role um, leading Slack for EMEA, but prior to your first stint, your first stint at Salesforce, what did you do? Can you maybe walk us through your roles at Salesforce when you were back here in, I think it was 2018, right? Yeah, I joined at the beginning of 2018 to lead the commercial business unit or CBU as we know it internally at Salesforce in the UK. And that was an amazing experience, amazing team in the UK. And then I was um, given the opportunity to join the EMEA organization to run our EMEA ESMB team, our emerging teams. So that's the Middle East, Central Europe team, Africa, sort of more emerging markets, and then also our ECS team across EMEA. So that was a very different role for me, but still lots of learning, lots of excitement. And then the third year, I joined, rejoined the UK to lead our industry sales team. You know, one thing I love talking to Salesforce employees about is how in every role that you're in, you're always learning and you're growing. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of talk about in those three roles, like what do you think was some of the key learnings that you had? When I first joined Salesforce, I'd had 14 years at HP. So I just personally leaving HP was a big milestone for me and leaving what was more a more traditional sort of legacy technology company into a SaaS cloud-based business was a big learning opportunity for me, a big opportunity to sort of make sure that, you know, what I'd learned through the last 14 years and and specifically the last seven years in leadership, I could translate that into a very different organization and still continue to be successful. So, you know, a bit of a personal challenge there, but I, I, I learned a lot that first year, a lot about sort of scaling businesses, high growth, you know, the importance of hiring well, developing your talent, looking after your people, as well as sort of, you know, making sure that you're working on your own professional development and, you know, always challenging yourself to be a better leader. The second role, you know, just the the opportunity to work in markets I hadn't worked in before. So, you know, if anyone's listening or or reading this and has worked in the emerging markets, it's a very different type of market to, you know, UK, which I was traditionally had worked in. So, Got a lot of experience working down in Africa, which was phenomenal, you know, working in the Middle East, working with some of the Central European partners and customers. So that was a big learning experience for me as well. And then also the two scale businesses, ESMB or, or SMB business and ECS, very big and important businesses for Salesforce and EMEA. And obviously, when it's big and important, it gets lots of focus and priority. So um, you have to make sure that you're um, hiring well, you're doing lots of sales programs, development, enablement. And uh, those were things that perhaps I had so much experience of in HP, but I really learned a lot through those moments in that year. And then coming back to the UK, we did a lot of restructuring. We moved more towards an industry model. So that was an exciting 
change and you know being part of all that restructure and um, set up was a big um, learning moment for me as well in my career. That's incredible. I was talking to Angela McKenna, who's my manager, and she mm. was saying when she first joined Salesforce, I can't remember the employee population, maybe it was around seven or 8,000, but she was saying that just the EMEA region alone is larger than what Salesforce used to be globally. So, you know, you're definitely up for a big challenge ahead. I think, you know, leading Slack will be super exciting. And, you know, you're talking about being on the HP side of traditional technology, Mm -hmm. and now you're at the cutting edge. And it's really exciting to see, you know, the direction that Salesforce wants to take Slack and how it really is going to be such an integral part of our success from anywhere strategy as well. So you learned a lot in the three years that you're at Salesforce, but then you left. So can you tell us a little bit what kind of prompted you to leave? Well, I was definitely not looking to leave and uh, it was a very difficult decision. And, um, you know, as we were talking about earlier, someone uh, who we knew well from Salesforce who'd built um, a very significant part of Amir's success, Chris Ciari, went to work at Google Cloud and asked me if I would... um, if I would go and lead the UK Google Cloud team as the MD, which I felt was a, a very significant opportunity because it was more of a sort of general manager type role and that's how it was described to me. So but it really wasn't easy and um, you know, it was a difficult decision, but I just felt that that perhaps presented a more broader um, set of learning opportunities for me. And so that's how that opportunity um, came up. Gotcha. And you know, when you were at Google, and I ask this for any boomerang that comes that I interview and sit down with, but what was something that you missed about the Salesforce culture? Like what kind of brought yeah. you back? Yeah, we could spend an hour talking about this, Teresa, on its own, really. Um, <laughs> you know, I I miss the people, of course, but, you know, that's, I think, relevant in any role that or any company that you leave. You often make some great friendships, but I, I think I, I missed most the inclusivity that um, Salesforce promotes and by that how that sort of manifests for me at least is I felt valued I felt like my opinion mattered and I felt that people wanted me to hear from me and wanted my contribution and I really that wasn't necessarily the case at Google Cloud and um, I really missed that I think the other thing is that what became really sort of obvious to me was how important working for a values-based organization was and how uh, you know we, we know that Mark and many of our senior exec leaders talk about business being a platform for change and not just for profitability and I think that really resonated with me when I left how important that was for me as a core value that we were giving back and uh, you know I was personally allowed the opportunity to give back and support other people on their journey or support other charities or you know initiatives that were close to my heart. You know, speaking of giving back, I'd love to go a little bit deeper there. So how do you give back? What do you do for your VTO or what charities are you passionate about? Yeah, well, I have a charity that's very close to my heart through a very sad story, unfortunately. But the Brain Tumor Charity is a charity that's very close to my heart because unfortunately I lost my brother very suddenly in Christmas 2019 Mm. through a very aggressive and short illness uh, with brain cancer. So I uh, used the lockdown to raise some money for that charity. And and that's always a charity that I sort of stand back to if I want to raise money. So that's my sort of charity of choice. And then how I give back is is that, is through, through, you know, raising money for that charity. 
because it, it's so underinvested as a cancer research. And then secondly, I try to, from a professional perspective, help others when they need, you know, support or coaching or mentoring or advice or guidance. You know, I think one of the things that I feel very passionately about is my success is predicated a lot on people having supported me throughout my journey, you know, people saying yes when I've asked for help, people leaning in and caring about my professional journey. And so when people come to me and ask me for, you know, will you mentor me? Can you help me with this problem? Can I talk to you about this issue? I always try to say yes, because I think it's important to pay it forward. And I wouldn't be in my situation had those people that I asked for help not said yes to me. So there's a kind of charitable side of my VTO, if you like, which is very important to me and my family personally. And then there's a kind of professional part of my persona that I love to help others and try to help them on their own sort of professional journey. And um, it's probably top of mind because I've had about five people text me today asking me to be their mentor. And I'm (laughs) I'm trying to sort of juggle that with, um, you know, helping them and also doing the day job. (laughs) You know, when some leader gave me advice before about when you get asked a lot to be a mentor, it's it's good for you to sometimes just do a call where you have everyone join and then you could address everyone, help yeah. everyone, and they get to support each other. And that's good yeah. from a time management perspective oh God, for you too. So you I'm don't totally have to apply different I'm totally making that idea, Teresa. Yeah, yeah. Make a cohort. They support each yeah. other. And then yeah. you're in one call with five other, you know, aspiring yeah. leaders. So what excites you the most about coming back to Salesforce Fit? Well, I'm so happy to be back. I can't tell you. It's my fourth week and I'm just, I feel so, I feel like I've come home. Honestly, I know it's so cheesy, but I do. Like I've had so many lovely messages. I've been contacted by so many people. I felt like the sort of warm uh, Salesforce hug, even if it's been a slightly more virtual hug than perhaps normal. But yeah, I mean, just great to be back. I think the Slack role is a fantastic role to be joining rejoining Salesforce then and I'm super excited about taking Slack and leading Slack through the next phase of its growth and its journey. I think Slack is an amazing business, you know, brilliant culture, a lot of super talented people in that organization. I think they're looking for leadership in terms of how we sort of protect them to some degree because we're a lot smaller than Salesforce, but how we also, you know, use that opportunity to be really successful, you know, with our customers, with our partners, with our Salesforce colleagues, MuleSoft, Tableau colleagues, but then also, you know, professionally how people in Slack can, you know, really embrace this opportunity for their next phase of their development. So, yeah, really happy to be back, feeling the love from Salesforce, and then also super excited about the journey ahead with our customers and and our colleagues. I love it. Any surprises? So you're gone for a little over a year, right? Um, Yeah. But any surprise when you came back? Like, has anything changed in the last year that you've seen? Um, I mean, I, obviously, we've got bigger. <laughs> like, um, every time I looked at the org chart the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, there's a lot more people here, and there's a lot more leaders. And I actually have been into the office a little bit and have also done a couple of, um, like, fireside chats in real life. And uh, I did one with my one of my old teams in the UK, and I didn't recognise probably about 60% of the people in the room just because they'd all been hired through the lockdown and through the last sort of 12 months. So you do remember then, you know, how much Salesforce continues to grow and continues to attract this amazing, talented people. So that's a, that was a really stark reminder. 
And then at the same time, I walked into the London Tower and all the reception staff and the security staff were like, oh, you're back. You know, it's great to see you. And, you know, where have you been? And so that's been really nice, you know, pinching a few stickers off the reception desk and getting myself a new Cody badge. That's all uh, (laughs) all been been good as well. (laughs) That's great. We talk about this pandemic and I always want to understand for employees, what are they doing from a well-being perspective? So do you have Mm. any advice or how are you managing New role, new team, your family, but also taking care of yourself. Any, yeah. any secrets to share, Pip? Well, I'm not sure I have the golden nugget or any kind of um, super helpful top tips, but I do try and schedule, like, you know, getting outside in the fresh air every day is really important. I've got two dogs, so I kind of have to get out and walk the, walk the dogs. I've got two young boys at primary school, one, one at primary, one at high school. So, uh, you know, they keep me busy in the evening. So trying always to get out and get some fresh air. And then I don't tend to schedule too much on a Friday. Friday is my actual deep thinking working day. I know that sounds a bit weird, but I try not to have back-to-back calls on a Friday or even any calls on a Friday. I tend to like to just get through my work on Friday. So the, the four days are really solid calls and meetings and whatever it is that I need to get done. But the Friday is like my deep thinking and working time. And I really protect that as much as I can so that I can um, you know, feel as I'm being, I'm being as productive as I can be. Yeah, that's really great advice. On the subject of more advice, words of wisdom from Pip White. I love the Friday taking that time to do the deep work, get yourself away from all the meeting distractions. But sometimes there's alumni, they're just listening in and they're interested to see what does it take to potentially come back to Salesforce? Like what yeah. advice do you have? How did you kind of keep the lines of communication open perhaps while you were mm. gone? You know, mm. what advice do you have for any employees that are now alumni that might be interested in coming back to Boomerang? Yeah, well, you're you're very right, Teresa, in what you say. Always keep lines of communication open. And I actually, when I left, I made a really conscious decision that I wanted to keep all my connections alive. I didn't, I wanted to leave on good terms, of course. Um, wants to leave like super professionally and tie everything up and be like super credible when I when I walked out the door and and I did that and one relationship in particular that I I paid a lot of attention to and nurtured was my coach um, from the previous tenure which was Brian Millam and uh, we always kept in touch and uh, and he's been a fantastic supporter of mine and we had a conversation at Christmas actually he was um, making me very jealous because he was on a beach in Hawaii and I was definitely nowhere near a beach in Hawaii (laughs) probably in a lockdown in the UK but you know I had that relationship where I could have like a really transparent discussion with him about you know what was working and what was not working and I I reflected on that the reason that I could have that conversation with Brian who like is so well known here in Salesforce is because I work really hard at you know, having that relationship with him during my time here and, and trying to keep that alive whilst I'd left. Not obviously hassling him every day or week or month, but occasionally checking in, occasionally sending an email, just giving him an update and just trying to keep that connection going. And and I think that really helped me when when the opportunity came up to be considered for coming back and obviously the slap role appeared. So yeah, I would just say uh, you know, reconnect with people. I always say to people, like, what's the worst that could happen? They either don't reply to you or they say, no, they're too busy. But actually, I just don't think anybody, like, respectful senior leaders always want to try and help people. And I always think, you know, Brian always wanted to help me. I know Gavin and I swapped some text messages as well. Like, so, like these people, don't, they won't say no to you 
if you know so what's the worst that can happen it might take them a couple of weeks to reply but hey that's okay I think yeah we are so glad that you're back we're excited for your new role obviously your time at Salesforce prior will really position you well for this new challenge I love the fact that you can be that bridge between Slack and Salesforce Thanks for joining us on the Salesforce Spotlight Series. Be sure to catch our next episode. Sending positive vibes from our Salesforce family to you and yours.